Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on, the Lord is so good. Let's worship him. Blessed be his name. Amen. Wow, the Lord is so good. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, open your Bible with me to Hebrews chapter 11. And we are going to... um, This is our last message in the faith series. Yes, that's the way I feel. Oh, man. Um, But today, we're actually going to end on a very practical note. Today's message in a lot of ways, summarizes everything that we've been talking about up to this point. And I have a real burden today as I I stand in front of you because um, today's message really simplifies what it means to live by faith. And my prayer is that every person here would choose the life of faith. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. That faith is God's way. Faith is God's will. Without faith, the Bible says, it's what? Impossible to please God. How many want to please God with your life? We want to please Him with our lives. How many say amen? That means that we have to live by faith. So uh, one more time. Let's get into the definition, right? Remember, we've been saying this week after week after week that faith is a twofold issue. It is a confident expectation in the presence, power, and provision of the unseen God. That means faith in the person of God. God is a trustworthy person. And he's not not just a person, but he is the great king of glory. And he's worthy to be praised, to be honored, and to be trusted with everything. How many would say amen? Amen. Secondly, faith is absolute belief in trust and trust in the command of God, which means that we don't only put our faith in the person, but we put in the faith of it. We put our faith in the words of that person. When God makes a promise to us, it is rock solid, sure, and true. How many know God's word is true? Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will abide and stand forever and ever and ever. Amen. And so when we put our faith in the Lord, we're putting our faith not just in him as a person, but in every single promise that he's made, every word that he's spoken, and that makes our faith strong. It's, it's, it's better to live by faith than by anything else. No matter, no matter what the cost, and that's part of what we're going to be talking about today. So now we're looking at, at Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 29 through 31. Listen to this. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. 
It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. Now this is three different stories. Three different stories. When you read your Bible, ask questions. Ask questions like, like why, Lord? Why? What, what, is it that, what is it that you're saying? Why did you pick these things to share? What does this mean? What is it all about? What was really happening there? And what you see here is that in each particular situation, there was a very powerful choice that was made. It was a choice that was made by the people of God that said, i rather choose God's way, regardless, i rather choose God's way than the way of the world. i rather choose God's way than the way of comfort. i rather choose God's way, no, even though I don't understand, it's better to go God's way. The title of the message today is Faith Chooses. Fundamentally speaking, when we reduce faith, to its essence, it comes down to you and I making choices that we believe align our lives and our hearts with God. Faith chooses to please God or to honor God. We choose by faith. Our choices reflect our faith. Psychology Today says that we make 35,000 decisions a day. Cornell University says we make 226 decisions each day on food alone. I might be a little bit higher on that. Look at what John Maxwell said. He said, life is a matter of choices. Every choice and every choice you make makes you. So as we go to frame the message today, I want you to look at this, this crossroads. Okay, faith means that on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, we make choices. Choices that are by faith, choices that align with our best understanding, our best light of what it means to honor God, to obey God, to surrender God to, to God. Real faith surrenders to God. Real faith obeys God, it's that simple. It's not a matter of the outcome. It's not a matter of the cost. It's not a matter of how we feel. Faith honors God and surrenders to God and said, Lord, if this is what you want, then this is what I'm going to do. How many would say amen? amen? Faith chooses. Faith really chooses. And what you see here is that these brothers and sisters made decisions to honor and obey the Lord. Listen to what Proverbs 15, 17 says. I want to say this up front and then I want to pray. It's a very, this is a powerful, this is so powerful. One proverb, so simple, but let it speak deep into your heart. It says, better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fatted calf with hatred. What is this saying? What it's saying is this, look, 
It's better to choose less with love than more with hate. Okay, that's what it's saying. This is a classic example of the faith life. Sometimes, at least in the short run, God says, choose less and obey me. Choose less and honor me. Choose what's less comfortable, what's less convenient, what's less this, what's less that for you so that in the long run, I can give you the best. That's what we believe. And so, fundamentally speaking, here's how we define faith. Faith choosing. Faith chooses whatever aligns with God regardless of the cost. Okay? Faith chooses whatever aligns with, God, with God's will regardless of the cost. And I want to pray, first of all, for clarity. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit would give you real clarity in regards to your choices today the real issues of your life, the issues that matter to God. I don't know all the details of your life, but how many know the Holy Spirit does? And I wanna pray for clarity. I wanna pray that the crossroads would become clear. You know, sometimes people think they're on a highway and they're really at a crossroads. And I pray that the crossroads would become clear in this room so that we would at least know that we are making a choice. And my prayer is that we would choose to align our lives with the will of God, regardless of anything. Regardless of career, regardless of comfort, regardless of anything. How many know God's will is, and God's way is the best way? How many would say amen? So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we could be together. And Lord, I pray for your richest blessings right now upon every heart. And Lord, there is no better place to be than in your love. There's no better place to be than walking by faith. Why? Because faith pleases you. And Lord, in the end, we want to please you. Bless this word. I pray for clarity. I pray for conviction. And I pray for the right choice. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen and amen. So, so this message is about three choices that faith makes in order to stay aligned with God. And it's interesting because when you read this, the, the, the Lord is, is, all of a sudden he goes from individuals in a sense, all of a sudden he goes from individuals to groups of people, okay? It moves from Moses, okay, to the Israelites, in a way, it moves to the Israelites going after Jericho. It just, it moved towards the big movements. And then, then obviously it swoops down with Rahab, but it actually speaks to Rahab and her whole family. All right? 
So this is a very interesting thing that this is saying to us, and, and I think that these are very simple, okay? So here's the first thing that faith chose in, in light of these verses. Number one, faith chooses, can we? Faith chooses the impossible over bondage. Faith chooses the impossible over bondage. Here's what this means. What this means, it says, it was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground, but when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. Now here's what that means. That means that God had broken the back of Egypt and Pharaoh, and they got out of Egypt. But then they came to a crossroads. They were at the Red Sea, and now Pharaoh was coming after them. They had a decision to make, okay? They had a choice to make. And here's what their choice was. Their choice was, and by the way, this is a choice that we have over and over and over again. Their choice was simply this. Look, we know the enemy is there. We know Egypt is back there, okay? Egypt is back there. The enemy is there. And what they were saying is there's only one direction through the Red Sea. So here's what they said. We know that God set us free from there and he doesn't want to go us to go back there. How many know God doesn't want us to go back to bondage? How many know any time, no matter what, no matter what is happening in your life, how many know God never wants us to go back to slavery? He never wants us to go back to bondage, whatever that bondage is. He doesn't want us to go back to fear. He doesn't want us to go back to the bondage of worry. He doesn't want us to go back to, to bondage uh, in the flesh of any kind. That's never God's will. So here's what they said. They said, we're going to walk through the Red Sea. Either God is going to make a way in the Red Sea or we're going to drown. But I'd rather drown than go back to Egypt. In other words, here's what they could have done. They could have said, okay, this was a pretty good idea, but now we're at the wall of the Red Sea, and since we're at the wall of the Red Sea, somehow God has run out of solutions. And so we're going to lay down on our faces. I guarantee you, even though Pharaoh was coming after them to destroy them, I guarantee you, if Israel would have laid down on their faces and said, we will be your slaves again, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have destroyed that commodity of free labor. I guarantee you, Pharaoh would have taken them back and made them slaves again. But here's what they said. They said, I'd rather drown than be in bondage. They said, I will choose I will choose the most impossible route than be a slave again. You know, I, I, I witnessed this many, many times when I was in street ministry as a young believer. I remember get guys getting saved off the street. I met a guy once. I was right in front of Brooklyn Tabernacle. And I met a guy once, and I just, I was looking at him, and there was something strange, and he went into this phone booth and uh, back then, they had these phone booths on the streets. <laughs> they used to like stand up like this and you could put money in it and dial. So I know it's a strange phenomenon now. They only have those red things in London now, right? So, so he goes into a phone booth and I'm looking at him 
and there was something strange. He didn't look right. And, and I just walked over to him. I said, hey, man, are you okay? And he, turned, he turns to me and says, no, I'm not okay. I, I said, what's wrong? I said, you seem, you seem like something is wrong. And he said, who are you? I, I, I said, you know, I'm from the church and whatever. He goes, I can't believe this. He says, I have a gun on me. I want to kill myself. I said, what do you want to kill yourself? He said, I've lost everything. I've got little children and my wife kicked me out. I've destroyed my whole life because of drugs. So going back to the first thing, I said, come on, let's go get some pizza. You know, the choices for food. <laughs> we sat down, we had a couple of pizzas. I bought him a couple pizzas. It was a Tuesday night prayer meeting. We took him to the prayer meeting. We were like almost at the top of the balcony. He gave his life to Jesus that night. But wait a second. Praise God. But wait a second. He gave his life to Jesus. So now, what do I do with him? So I'm trying to figure this out. What do I do with him? And I'm walking with him. I'm like, where you been hanging out, bro? Well, I'm, I hang out over here, and I stay over here, but those are all crack dens. And, um, and I, I'm, I live with my mom. I don't know this guy. We go to my house. My mom made him a, a gigantic bowl of rice and beans. I mean, he ate a bucket of rice and beans. <laughs> so I knew he was fed, so we go outside, and his name is Tony. Tony has been to our church. So I, I walk him to the train and I said, Tony, look, I don't know what to do, but I know God is going to open a door for you. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to get on this train. Here's a token. All right, you're going to get on this train and you're going to sleep on the train the whole night. And then you're going to, in the morning, you're going to call me. I gave my phone number. I'm going to find you at the train station. And then we're going to find a place. I said, we got to find a shelter. We got to find something. I don't know, but I'm going to find out how to get you someplace. So he was like, well, I don't really like taking the trains because, you know, at night they this, that, or the cops are. I said, Tony, we got to do this by faith. You cannot go back to where you've been staying. Sleep on the train one night. Sure enough, he gets on the train, he goes three stops, and guess what, Volunteers of America get on the train, and they say, hey, what are you doing here, God? He says, come on, they put him in a shelter. Tony gets in a shelter, he gets cleaned up. I don't hear from him for about four or five days. He gets cleaned up, he actually a week. He calls me a week later, he says, hey, they gave me a suit, they gave me a shower, I went, I interviewed, I got a job. So listen. Tony went on to start breaking records. This is a true story. Tony's been at our church. He went on to start breaking records at this job selling, I think it was uh, fire extinguishers. I don't remember exactly, you know. And then he moved to this, then he moved to that. Years later, years later, I'm talking, he's a, he's a businessman. He's in the financial field. I don't know, with the stock market, I don't know exactly what he does. He has a home in, in the northern part of New York. He has a family. He's a man of God. He goes to church. And here's why. It's because he decided, I don't care. I just cannot go back to bondage. I refuse to go back to bondage.
And I can tell you that happened more than once. I put a young guy, I told, I told the guy once, stay right here in this park. Okay, I'll go get lunch, I'll bring it to you. I got stuff to do, I'll come back. When I come here, you gotta be in this park. Okay, until we find something for you, this park is the best place. It was a little, it was a little park, kind of no bigger than, than half of this sanctuary. I say, you stay right here. When I come back, I'll get you, and we're going to find a place for you. And sure enough, that guy stayed in the park. We fed him in the park, and sure enough, we got him out. And here's what the decision is sometimes. The decision is, is I will do anything except go back to Egypt. You see, faith chooses the impossible. Faith says, I'll go into the Red Sea and I'll drown, but Pharaoh will not own me any longer. How many know somebody has to declare that today? And so that translates into people's lives differently, but this is a very, very important thing for us to understand is that God wants us to choose. And by the way, our own country, you know the famous saying, give me liberty or give me death. You know where that came from, right? That's from our country. Patrick Henry said, look, I don't care, but we want to be a free nation, and we rather die or be free. That's the way America was born, that same spirit. But we have a much greater freedom. We have the freedom that Christ offers us and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Am I right? So here's the thing. You may not be on drugs, but that doesn't mean you're not in bondage. And that doesn't mean that you may not be on the verge of going back to things that hold you back. And so pay attention today. Think about the choices that you're making. Some of us, we keep going back to that same person, and that same person only represents bondage. We keep going back to same habits and same, the same issues over and over and over again, and we justify it, and we make excuses. You're better off being homeless than having a certain type of job. Go live on the street and watch God. You know what God did? He sent ravens to feed the prophet. God will feed you. God will take care of you. How many know it's better be to be fed by ravens than to be fed by the devil in the world? So we need to think about the choices that we're making. Secondly, faith chooses the battle over compromise. Faith chooses the battle over compromise. This is a very important thing. Look at what the Bible says. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. Now, what, why is this such a big deal? Okay? Simply stated, Jericho was now in the promised land. If they wanted to, they could have marched on past Jericho Jericho knew that they were there, and what Jericho did, it was a walled city, and they just closed up. They, Jericho wasn't attacking Israel, you see? They were a stronghold, but they weren't looking to fight Israel. They were like, we just want to be here. And you know what? They said, no, you cannot be here because this has been promised by God to us. 
and I will not compromise with anything that has been promised to God by us. We have to understand that when God makes a promise to us, when God gives us something, and we know that it's good and pleasing and it's his perfect will, we have to understand that the minute we start negotiating with the promise of God so that the world can stay in or the enemies of God can stay in, it's no longer the promise of God. So let me, let me explain something to you. So here's the way this works. So Jericho was actually in the way to them, for, for Israel to get the, to where they were going, okay? So this is, this is Jericho right here. Okay, you see where that big arrow is? So they're coming down. They have to cross over, and then they got to take all of this land here, okay? And when they cross over the land, the Gilgal is right there, and Jericho is right there. And Jericho, the green is their journey to take the promised land. Jericho was on the way. This is fundamentally speaking what was happening. It, it just got in the way. And so here's what they did. Okay, let me give you, let me give you a, another example of this. Could you put up the, the yes. So imagine, imagine if you were going from downtown to the airport. Okay, so, you know, we take the, uh, what do you call that, the Kennedy? So you take the Kennedy, this is the road all the way there. Now, the reason why we have that road there is because there's something called eminent domain in our country. In our country, eminent domain means that the country, that our, our government has the right to buy certain properties from people at market value and if it's going to benefit the greater good. So at a certain point, they decided they carved this out, and it's very possible that our government bought people's property and said, look, here's your money, move someplace else because we need this road. In other countries, for example, in China, they don't have eminent domains. So in China, it's very often that you'll see this. Okay? This is a house in the middle of a highway. Okay, could you, look at that. Imagine trying to get to O'Hare and you got one of these houses right there. And you know why? Because someone decided, I'm not selling you that property. Okay, I'm not selling. And in their, in their country, it, it will not happen. They, they do not have the right to do that. But here's what God is saying. God is saying that when you become a child of God, there's a kingdom eminent domain. And when God gives you a promise, and when God gives you promised lands, you do not allow things to stay in the way. You tear that down by the power of the Spirit of the living God. Could you put that, could you put that back for a second? Listen, this must be torn down. A lot of people, here's what they do. Please listen closely. This is not an easy message to preach unless you really engage your heart and your own life. See, a lot of people, they have strongholds. They have these gigantic issues. If you have something that keeps holding you back, that keeps holding you back, that keeps holding you back, well, guess what? It's in the way. It's in the way. And so listen. And so listen. You know what faith says? Faith says, I'd rather fight that. I'd rather bloody, if I don't have a sledgehammer, I'll punch that thing. 
You see, I'd rather my hands be bloodied, right, than for me to live with that thing. I'm not gonna let fear guide my life. I'm not gonna get, let this thing, I'm not gonna let money. Some people, they make all their decisions because of money. And I wanna say this, especially, I have had conversations with young men and women, this is for all of us, but if you're between like 18 and 32, please listen to me, okay? I've been having conversation after conversation, and we are trying to redefine the call of God upon our lives. When God calls you, he says, lay it all down. He doesn't say lay some of it down and keep your 401k. He says, put the 401k down and trust me. Uh-oh, look at how quiet it is. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you, look, the kingdom of God needs people that are sold out. The kingdom of God needs people that are surrendered, that, that say, look, I don't know how God is going to take care of me. I don't know how he's gonna provide for me. You know, but I know this, he's faithful. I know God is faithful and I know whom he calls, he equips. And I know that he'll provide on the mountain of the Lord. It shall be provided. When I get there, he's gonna pour out what I need. You see, and this is why all of a sudden people are not really responding to the call of God. You see, the way they used to because we want to figure everything out, but that's American. That's American, okay? Christ is above the culture. Christ is above the strategies of this world. I'm telling you right now, if you don't live by faith, don't expect your children to live by faith. If you don't live by faith, don't expect your grandchildren to live by faith. We are called to live by faith. And you know what faith does? Faith chooses God. So put up that next one. So listen, spiritually, are you living by faith? Relationally, emotionally, mentally, physically, educationally, financially? Are you living by faith? Or are there these strongholds in your life that they just live there and guess what you do? You have this incredible, like, like we actually redefine God's will. I've, I've, I've been hearing this over and over and over again. You know, we redefine God's will. Would you let me challenge you as your pastor today? Would you let me speak to something that is eternal? It's bigger than the things of this world. Would you allow me to just say, listen, if God speaks, do what he says. It's better to do what God says and in the eyes of the world to have less. Let them mock you. Let them shame you. How, when you stand before him, he'll say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. That's what we want to live for. Man, we should be hearing story after story after story of people selling out to Jesus, saying, God, I want to follow you. We used to sing, we're not going to sing this, but we used to sing a song, I have decided to follow Jesus. 
No turning back, no turning back. Can I encourage you today? Follow the Lord. Sometimes when you follow the Lord, when you look at the people of faith, they followed the Lord and they suffered. Things go wrong when you follow the Lord. Okay? Any man or woman of God that really does God's will, the devil's going to attack you. Hardship is going to come. You know? Do you know what the, the um, and this is going to kind of bring me into the last point, but I was reading a, a New Testament history book. I read this, I read this like 30 years ago, and it was like burned into my heart. You see, when you look at the history of Israel, Israel is a remarkable people because of their ability to keep going and to endure. And here's what they used to say. They used to say, suffering is bitter. Yes. But suffering is sweet when redemption draws near. That's God, that's kingdom talk. What I'm talking about now, this is not from this world. I'm talking about from another world. Suffering is bitter. This is hard. You know, this is hard. I, you know, it's so funny. When I, when I think about what people are going through around the world, with people, I've been in, in places where missionaries has, have testified. I was in a, years ago, I went with Mike Grisha to, a, to a, 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 um, a meeting in Turkey, three days with missionaries from all around the world. And they were talking about the fact that every, maybe 20 people presented, 20 missionaries presented. I bet you like every five or six missionaries that presented, we would pause because someone was martyred. They literally died. They were, they were murdered for the cause of Christ around the world. And what would they do? Okay, think of me. I'm an American. I'm watching this. What would they do? They would say, okay, let's, let's have a moment of silence. Then they would pray for the families. And then guess what they would do? They would say, all right, let's keep going. And then they would just keep going. Like, what else are we going to do? We got to keep marching. We'll meet them in heaven. And then I would hear stories, and I've told you this story, of a man, I sat next to him and talked to him, of a man who was arrested, and they told him he went, he was taken into this, into this prison house of sorts, and he could hear someone being torture, tortured, like this was happening, right? This is in our day, in our time. So he's being tortured, he hears the, the guy, and he's, he's uh, somebody is wailing because they were, they were, they were, dismembering people. They were popping their eyeballs out with spoons. Forgive me for being so graphic. And so they're telling him, you either shut your mouth or we're going to kill you. And he said a holy boldness came on him. And he said, you're not fighting against me. He says, you're fighting against Jesus. And you better be careful who you pick a fight with. And the Bible, and he says that, that he doesn't know what happened, but they all backed away and he, he walked out. And, and he, I, I said, what do you think happened? He said, I don't know, maybe an angel stood behind me. I have no idea what God did, but God delivered me that day. You see, because when you live by faith, you recognize that God, he delivers us 
from destruction, which brings me to the last point. Look at Rahab's story. Faith chooses salvation over destruction. The Bible says it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed. So this woman was a prostitute and she was in Jericho. It says, it was by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God. They could have repented, but they didn't. For she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And I want you to go and if you don't know this story, the people of God came, they snuck in her house and they hid in her house. She hid spies. And here's what the deal was. Okay, we're gonna close in a moment. The deal was this. She said, I know that you're the people of God. I know that God is with you. I know that God is gonna take all of this land because this land belongs to God. And, um, and so I'm gonna hide you. And just remember, protect me and my family. And here's what they said, look, okay. But when we come and when we tear this whole thing down, and by the way, archeologists, archeologists have confirmed that an earthquake brought down Jericho, but that was an earthquake on demand. Because it's not like they had the technology the, 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 the military might to tear down that stronghold. That was an earthquake on demand by the Most High God. How many know when there's a stronghold, God can send an earthquake on demand to tear that thing down? But they said this, when we come, hang out a scarlet thread. Hang out a red rope out of your window. And when we see that red rope, we will know that home is protected. Now you know why they said hang out that red rope? Because that red rope represented the blood. And how many know when you have the blood, you don't have to be destroyed. When you have the blood, no weapon formed against you will prosper. All we have to do is get under the blood. God still rescues people. He still does miracles by his mighty power, but we have to choose salvation. Rahab chose God's will, God's way, God's people. Rahab chose to obey God and to follow God. And you know what? She knew. She knew that it was better to be under the blood than in the comfortable stronghold of the enemy. I prayed that the Spirit would deal with people today so that our choices would align with God's will. I prayed that God would begin to clarify his call for our lives. Doesn't matter how old you are, the call of God never ends. You know, you know that, right? So when you're in your 20s and your 30s, you think you gotta get the call of God and then you get older. But trust me, when you're in your 50s and your 60s and you're talking to people in their crew, we're still working out the call. You see, we're still trying to follow God. We're still trying to obey God. It's not like all of a sudden you get a free pass. How many know every day you and I need to get up and say, have your way, Lord. Have your way. So listen, let's close our eyes for a moment. Maybe you're at a crossroads of sorts. Today is a day for crossroad decisions. 
Maybe you're lacking clarity. Today, a day, today is a day to beg for clarity. It's, today is a day to say, God, I need, I need clarity, oh God. I want you to show me. I need you to guide me. Today is a day perhaps to say, I'm going to break that relationship. We don't know what we're going to do. We don't know how it's going to work out. But God, I just want to choose to live by faith. I just want to choose to live by faith. So as they begin to, to sing, I want if you need to come and build an altar, would you come? We're gonna stand and pray with you. We don't need we no, we don't need to know the details. If if that's you, slip out of your seat and come. In fact, let's all stand. We know there's more that's found in
closed put your hand on your heart for a moment you know when my wife felt led to sing there's no place I'd rather be than here in your love I couldn't help but attach that song to today's message when we choose faith we're actually choosing God the person We're choosing him above other people. 
When we choose faith, we, we're choosing his words, his plans. Above ourselves, ab above our opinions. But we choose him because we love him. Because we know that he's a good, good father. And so I thought as we were singing that song, No Place I'd Rather Be, well, when, you've, when you really feel that in your heart, you choose faith because we know that that directs us into his perfect love. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Could you help us to sing that? No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be than here in your love, here in your love. No place I'd rather be. No place I'd
We choose you above this world. We choose you above pleasure. We choose you above comfort. We choose you above convenience. Deliver us from compromise in the name of Jesus. We choose you, Lord. You provide better than the world. You supply better than the world, oh God. We choose you. And we pray to the left and to the right that you would set every person on fire with biblical clarity of your will. Set every person on fire with the clarity of your will. Come on, pray right now, just for a moment. God, we pray for a burning, a burning fire for, to do your will. We pray for the voice of God, the voice of God, the clarity of the Most High God.